This is Animation Nights New York Animator Interviews. My name is Yvonne Grinkevich. Thank you to Animation for Adults for letting us be a part of their channel. And next up in our series is an interview with Scott Rink. Scott is an independent animator, a musician, a teacher. Please enjoy. Uh, thank you very much, Scott Rank, for participating in this interview. <laughs> I'm delighted. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be part of this. Where are we now? You want to mention the conference a little bit? Yes. Yeah, so we are at the National Art Educators Association Conference in New York City at the Sheraton Hotel. I was up here teaching a couple of classes, urban sketching, and teaching at-risk kids and changing communities of change. That's great. Scott, you're one of our um, filmmakers at Animation Nights New York, and obviously we met at the um, Santa Fe Three Minute Film Festival, <laughs> which was great uh, a few years ago, and we're uh, thrilled to play your short as part of Animation Nights New York. You also, uh, besides being a filmmaker, work with at-risk youth on art projects and urban sketching, and so I thought maybe um, you know we could talk a little bit about your animation background and and uh, and filmmake in filmmaking and in uh, music if you'd like, and, and then also really maybe dive into some of the stuff that you're doing with uh, at-risk youth. Sure, I'll start off with my uh, history of animation. I was a drummer. Uh, so I started off with uh, doing a lot of music and drumming, and I could play some other instruments. I couldn't tell you one note I'm playing, but I could naturally pick up my ear to do that. So I had a strong background off that. I used to be an audio engineer for NPR in San Francisco, cutting quarter-inch tape, editing with that, and all that back in the analog digital transition days. Um, but I came back to North Carolina, and I got laid off as an audio engineer. And so I decided to go back and do art education um, and finish up my degree. So I did that at UNCG and I got and became a teacher. Um, but it was probably around the year 2000 that I decided I'm going to do a bunch of like 10,000 bad drawings in order to do one good one. So now I'm doing about 50,000 bad drawings in order to do a good one. But that gave me the perseverance to kind of uh, say it's okay to mess up. To get visual ideas but I just once I said it's what what's going to be wrong with doing a bad drawing um, you know just practice 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 doing that so I was I found the perfect format to oh my gosh uh, I can combine these two and actually make animation and film I taught myself how to do animation and the the animation that I showed that at Santa Fe you can see it in the beginning because I started uh, I'm all hand-drawn um, I am not, I'm not smart enough for the CG uh, kind of realm. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a tool. It's, it's just, just a tool. A tool. <laughs> exactly. So you can see in this animation I did, I'm starting off with these pencil drawings in the beginning. I came up with a, I had a, me and my friend did a uh, rock and roll song and I decided I love octopus and something about biplanes and French guys flying. I thought it'd be really cool to have them battle. Um, I started out animation off uh, not knowing where it was going to go story-wise, um, but I just started drawing in pencil and oh my gosh, you know, scanning it in and suddenly on this timeline I saw it move and all of us as animators were like the first time you saw something move were just like, oh my, oh my, <laughs> I cannot believe it, you were hooked, you know. But basically um, I found out by the end of it where I wanted to go with the story of this battle and I started adding color in Photoshop and so it, it was kind of by accident with how uh, the animation went but I think it did a good job of how it kind of transitioned into like uh, from pencil line into uh, color animation 
but then once I figured out and got it to end on time and, and, and the story um, really together, I think that was a pivotal moment for me because um, I don't have the technical skills, I think, of animation, but I loved, I found out that story is king, you know, with everything. And I think my, you know, lack of technical skills, I can hopefully make for, up for it with uh, good storylines uh, that the audience seems to enjoy. Um, with I remember seeing your animation there that really cracked me up, you know, about the <laughs> dinner thing. And it's just like, you know, some people can do really flashy animation, but if it doesn't respond on a gut level, uh, you know, I can at least I have a, you know, I can do really bad drawings or whatever, but have a good storyline. That, that's what I love about animation. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's also an element of cool to that film, I must say. <laughs> why, why, thank you. It's the mustache, I think, of the pilot. <laughs> Um, but yeah it was totally uh, completely phenomenal I mean and it blew me away my experience at that one was um, you know we showed at this beautiful sold out theater it was a three minute festival I flew out from Raleigh and got there and and I met you and I I was up in the balcony Um, this is a funny story but I had (laughs) I was I had really bad back pain and I was up in the very top of the of the um, balcony and they announced um, they were going about to do the announcing for best film and uh, of the festival and um, who they picked for that so I was up there and they said and best film Scott Rank Barron and I literally remember I was like looking around because I was like completely like there's I did not expect <laughs> to win but I was like who is this Scott Rank and then I realized it was me um, and the worst part was I had to get up in the worst back pain I've almost been and walk all the way. If you remember, there was kind of a yeah, long. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that pause. I remember that pause. <laughs> old man with bad back trouble coming down to get an award. He didn't even think he could win, you know. So, but it was just what a. It was such an honor and such a phenomenal thing because there was this amazing. Um, films uh, that were shown at that but it was just you know eventually I kind of you know crept up to the beginning and I have had back surgery so I'm okay now but it was just like so funny that uh, that 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 happened (laughs) (laughs) that was a nice little festival and the the venue was beautiful (sighs) it was so beautiful yeah Yeah, I I, that was great yeah I I I, uh I won a a much uh lower prize but I, I think I I think it included um, free drinks like that you had to use that week, and so I just spent them all <laughs> on everyone yeah, that was in the room. It's funny you say that because my reward, I think, was um, four hundred dollars of just local stuff. So I actually <laughs> um, I gave it to every that night. I think we uh, people went to have drinks or whatever, and I ended up giving because there was no way I could spend four hundred dollars right. in one, one night. But I was honored. I mean, I was just so happy to. Uh, do that but I gave it to all the local people you know that they, right. they could go get massages and all that whatever other stuff but it was what a phenomenal event you know yeah I think so. we spread a lot of good feeling <laughs> that evening <laughs> no that's that's great um yeah it was nice it was so nice to to see you win that was a terrific little festival um so <laughs> excellent so do you have any um we talked about this a little bit earlier but um, you, do you have any projects that you're sort of looking to start in the near future? I know you have a ton of other things going on as well. Um, I do. I have two. I mean, I've done music for two um, pieces I want to do. I, my animation process is, uh, well, I don't really do dialogue because I can't figure that out. <laughs> so, but I'm very much like I do music and it spurs an idea for me. Um, I'm fascinated by the Day of the Dead uh, tradition 
and I've done some. Uh, I would like to do a stop motion um, Day of the Dead uh, piece that uh, I've already done the music to with that. And then I was going to do maybe an animation on um, a uh, Soviet chimpanzee getting sent to the moon, um, <laughs> which is kind of along the style of a Baron style hand drawn one I wanted to do. Um, kind of a spoof of when the U.S. and the Russia was, uh, and Soviet Union um, was going at it as far as the race to the moon, but I was going to do a quick piece with that. Um, I will say, though, uh, I want to talk about my most personal uh, project. It was uh, one, my dad passed away very suddenly, mm -hmm. and he, uh, we used to listen to Louis Armstrong together, and I did a piece with Louis Armstrong mm -hmm. music, and I drew it uh, all the places that he was. It was like a balloon coming out of a coffin. But basically, I made it a point that on the year anniversary of his death, I was going to have this animation complete for, for that to, to show. And that's like what I'm most proud of and just like the feeling that I got for, for doing that. But I don't think that just uh, was a phenomenal. I'm so glad I figured out how to do animation in order to do that because it still resonates. So every anniversary and my family members love it. It's just a way of you know, bringing that uh, true emotion, you know, to go with that. Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I wanted to ask you about that <laughs> oh, yeah. piece as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. Yeah. Um, so did you want to talk a little bit about um, sort of some of the, what you're doing now with urban sketching and... Yeah, so um, I did, this is, uh, it's a, it actually all ties together. So I did a Day of the Dead stop motion animation um, I played an aluminum ladder for the music, and um, which is kind of funny because I'm not the handiest man, but at least I found some something to do with the ladder, you know, beat on it and <laughs> make some animation to it. But it got into a film festival in San Francisco, and I used to live there, and it was just beautiful because it actually screened at the uh, Mission Valley Theater, which I, um, I, I used to see the Day of the Dead uh, kind of celebrations there in the, in the Latino um, district and that and I've just I've always been spurred by by just the beautiful art of that and the meaning of it you know because I think of uh, death as a colorful kind of uh, what's gonna ha what happen in the colors and embrace it um, kind of thing but basically I on the internet I had a friend uh, well I hadn't met him yet but Matt Jones he was a story artist at Pixar and he came out to the screening and um, and he enjoyed the piece but we went out sketching afterwards uh to go sketch from you know from observation and to go have a have a drink and sketch together and so through that I um he told me you know he was in this art of urban sketching book and so I kind of looked at that book and looked at his work and found out about the urban sketching community and so there's a urban sketchers across the world um would uh, you're sketching on location and you're posting it and you know really uh, delving into you know stories that you find, but there is a uh, symposium in the Dominican Republic that I ended up going to. All these uh, kind of um, sketchers, sketchy people from across the world, all meet in, <laughs> in in the Dominican Republic, and it was a complete life changer. And um, I have to preface this by saying that uh, my friends who are at Pixar. Um, some of their portfolios didn't get them a job, but their urban sketching um, sketchbooks got them it because they could see what they're doing. And, and it obviously delves into studying. You know, they do this to study how characters move and everything. But 
it's just such a great practice. Um, I would say that it's probably eaten in a lot into my actual doing animation time, but I think it's good for the soul and for feeding. But I started a community in Raleigh um, of Urban Sketchers, and we have been doing a lot of uh, sketching on location there, and um, I've been presenting at some uh, architect conferences that we got into. Um, my friend uh, Frank Harmon kind of got me in, and our proposals got accepted, uh, and even Peter Bolin, who designed the the Pixar headquarters and um, the Mac Cube here, uh, the Mac Store Cube here in New York, and all the other ones. It's just so important that they actually are into doing the sketching on location. So I kind of got bit the bug, and I, I, I've just been obsessed since. And I've been teaching a lot of classes, passing it off to the next generations, trying to develop these uh, communities because a lot of artists are so focused on just their um, their single environment where they are. This is great to have everybody come together, sketch on location, and throw down their sketches and just be uh, amazed by it. So that is what I was uh, I was teaching a workshop here. Um, we had people from Ethiopia, from Hawaii, and everything um, with that. And it was just uh, with, with my uh, friend, colleague, uh, Angela um, Lombardi, which was just phenomenal. And what a great workshop it is, but it's just uh, been been a pleasure doing that in the urban sketching community. That's that's beautiful, and I think uh, there's absolutely a tie-in. I mean, if you think about uh, the amount of, uh, you know, what a- animation is at its heart, and the amount of observation that you have to do, and um, planning and study. I mean, it ties right in. When you when you have, uh, so do you meet up as a, a group and then talk about? Uh, what your plan is or just kind of um, have a, a sort of base camp <laughs> and then everyone moves out and does their own thing or is there a uh, theme or is it does it need to be structured at all uh, well it we it's the we, I teamed up with a contemporary art museum in Raleigh and so we meet on the second Saturday of each month and we the beauty of our group is that we meet in the same warehouse district there's so much change going on there we will sketch a wall that goes back to the Civil War and now it's not there but so we're documenting all this crazy change of building a new train station um, so we have a thing going and and we just go to a, a environments around there and we're we're in the same kind of atmosphere together um, and then we have a, what we call a throwdown at four o'clock and everybody throws their sketches down and looks at them and just like wow and and all that stuff but there's a lot of sketching groups urban sketching groups that meet all over the city the beauty of ours is that we meet we do the most with that neighborhood just documenting the change and it's just incredible to see that but I take that practice everywhere I go I carry sketchbook with, with me everywhere I go and sketch people I, in fact my flight up here was canceled and delayed uh, it was canceled um, but I didn't find out for like five hours sitting at an airport. And I just started, I was sketching people, looking at their stories, how they're doing things, you know, so um, you don't get bored. But I, I take that practice everywhere I go, and that's what I was teaching these uh, participants at this conference was like, okay, you can take this on a personal level, you can do it on a teaching level, and then you can build communities uh, to, of urban sketchers to do this. So it's been a phenomenal ride. That's amazing. So, um you have a and you have a blog that where you're posting a lot of the results of these groups. Yeah, um, it's called Scrangy Ten Twenty, but I can't remember the URL. But it's just if you Google <laughs> Scott Rink, S C O T T R E N K, it's my blog, and I post the communities. I it, there's so many touching stories. Um, you know, we have a terrible tragedy of this Syrian mother uh, that comes out and. and 
she it's a healing process it was a healing process for her for to do this uh you know uh, sketching group we have atheist buddhist uh, christian all cultures russian french you know everybody that comes together and it's just such a uh, it's an amazing group it's probably like you know it just i'm so proud of the community and everybody that comes out and does it it's just uh really just a, a life changer you know that's beautiful <laughs> and how are you speak to how you're incorporating uh urban sketching groups into curriculum oh uh, well um which will lead to I, I teach at it depends on I teach the at-risk students so that's uh, you know troubled youth uh, I teach at an alternative school um, in addition to teaching at the alternative school though I'm teaching these workshops to uh, architects so I approach it a little bit differently but the best part about how I work it into my curriculum here uh, with the at-risk kids and, and, and with drawing and just students is um, really finding the story of a place so I like to have simple distilled things. Um, what did you learn? I can distill it in three words, you know, character, conflict, setting. And that could be a pencil. And this can go for animation as well. That can go be a pencil. What is that pencil's environment? It's, it's struggle or whatever. And that can go on the, mic, on, the macro level, on the micro level like that. But then on the macro level, you look at the city. And so you start studying about this city is facing change. What's the character? It's the city. What's the conflict? Urban sprawl. Uh, poor people were getting driven out so you can really delve into just through sketching uh, you know so many things the social studies you can start doing urban design why are things like that uh, the story and character but I, I forgot to mention that I one time I sat with my um, friend Emily when we were urban sketching but we did urban animation and we did a flip book actually of something we saw which I really wanted to maybe start trying and starting a movement of urban animation where you could just do a quick flip book of something that you saw a building with clouds it could be a tree but it was like it was a really cool kind of exercise <laughs> that's great <laughs> that's great and so during the the throwdown um is that when you do you analyze the drawings as a group um well when i teach i like to analyze them uh there's it's funny there's one guy that shows up at our group and there's another group he goes to and they call it there's a gentle sharing but that just <laughs> I like throw down throw down is so much cooler it's so much so better cool. I, I don't want to be part of a gentle sharing uh, but we I don't really you know we just are amazed that people's we all have are taking pictures but uh, during the community ones I don't really break down the drawings like I do when I teach I like to just kind of be in awe of everybody's stuff and everybody's just like smiling and, and then we do a group picture usually with their sketches but um, you know everybody and if anybody wants to talk about the drawings but I don't really go into you know teaching and doing breaking down the drawings that we're just all amazed at everybody's style actually tonight I get to I missed uh, the contemporary art museum is doing a piece on our show they're doing like uh they they hung our drawings up and, and so there was a big first Friday night show so it's out there with the community and and everything they're doing with that that's excellent <laughs> That's terrific. And did you did you want to talk say anything more about um, uh, working with at-risk youth? I mean, that's something that um, I, I know I'm obviously I'm uh, work sometimes with the animation project, and um, it's uh, an interview. We did an interview with uh, Brian Austin for Animation for Adults, which this podcast will be a part of. Um, so there's sort of a tie-in there, but um, you know, please speak to that if you. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, as I just you saw the presentation, it, it is my um, my true passion. Like I can't, I'm humbled in just what 
it has done and what art has done. I even tell some of my friends at Pixar, they just got to realize that, that, you know, if they ever feel like, oh, making these movies, that they really touch people and everything. But the at-risk community, I've been teaching in a public school now for 12 years. Um, and it's, if anybody, at-risk students are, I have foster home gangs, pregnant teens, troubled youth uh, from 14 to 21. Uh, some of them just didn't do well in a huge class of troubled, of, you know, of 31 kids or whatever. Um, but basically, uh, I have changed their, hopefully have changed their lives through coming in the power of art and what they have done um, through that. So I've had kids that, you know, as I showed before, that have gone off to art school uh, because they had never done it, but their talent was just so amazing. Um, so I let them kind of express themselves, embrace who they are, their culture, um, try not to put them in a box, uh, but it is truly the most meaningful thing that I can do. And as I said, I'm not going to stop. I just want to keep doing it um, and doing it. But it's a really hard, and as you know, because you, you did phenomenal work with the animation project, um, and you can really reach these kids, and they're so talented. Uh, but I just, uh, you know, 12 years of doing it, and I've done it in, 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 in other settings as well, coming in as an artist with other things. But it's just like a it's a game changer and it's just, and I've done actually I've done stop motion animation of them it's on my Vimeo page but I've done stop motion animation of them doing projects with music as well so it's fun to, to work that and um, to do that <laughs> that's excellent yeah I have I uh, would like to try out uh, more stop stop motion animation projects it's something I've not done with groups and um it seems like a lot of fun. Well, it's it's crazy because in the classroom setting, how things have changed. Uh, when I was first starting off, the, the these iPhone cameras, this the power that, that these students have at their hands, it's one on one part, it's a nightmare because they're on social media during whatever. But the other, other hand, if you harness that, I mean, they have the power to do so much stuff just in their hands, and you can just get them to download a stop motion animation thing, introduce the concepts of you know squash and stretch. Oh, if you move something a little bit, then it's gonna go slower. If you move it a lot, it's gonna go faster. And they can take off with, with uh, doing that. And you know, the stop motion animation is really, well, I, I do it to serve, I'm, I'm, you know, my own animation style is like hand-drawn and stop motion animation. Um, I don't do a lot of the CG, which I need to learn more about and try to do that. but what they can do with these phones is just so amazing and they can just tap in and start moving things on their desk taking pictures get an idea of it and so the sky's the limit with, with that but compared to what we had to uh, work with you know it's just what they can do with those phones so you got to keep them busy and doing that with uh, with their phones <laughs> <laughs> did you draw much as a kid i think this is something well, i would ask everyone because <laughs> i love the answer it's really funny my grandmother was in a she had an Italian background she was an amazing oil painter um so it's just I didn't really start drawing until around the year 2000 um I had friends that were amazing at it and just I was intimidated I think by how well they they drew but really around 2000 I just said I'm gonna do 50,000 bad drawings in order to do one and that's when I really broke through with that so I was a late bloomer and I've been a late bloomer for a lot of things um being shy and everything they thought I was autistic not artistic but uh, (laughs) early on in 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 my life but um they were like does he get what he wants yeah well he knows what he's doing kind of thing but I was just shy and autistic uh but basically I was a late bloomer with that but I you know I'm just once you can 
start drawing and, and figure out what you can do with it, it's just such an amazing feeling. But um, I was always into art and, and music, and I, it's, it's this universal music feeds the visual. Um, you know, the visual feeds the story, the story, and that's what I love about animation is you use everything. You use drawing, audio, story, feeling, you know, you can use all of that. Um, I can just preface that by saying, you know, even on my trips when I was out in Ghana, Africa, um, I would start I'd, in a fishing village. I would play drums on a little tin thing on the beach in the fishing uh, village. The children would come, and we couldn't speak the same language, but they were rapping, and we were smiling and doing that and counter that with the power of then I'm on a train in Italy and I draw an Italian woman's portrait and she gives me her tomato and cheese sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> so the power of, the, of art and animation to cut through the, the cultural barriers is just, uh, it's, a, it's a crazy wonderful thing. So that's, that's so beautiful because you're using um, art as a tool to get through to you know, all of humanity, it sounds, and you have a sensitivity to sort of know when those moments are most needed, it seems. Yeah, well, it's true, and that's, uh, that's what we need in this world. It does wash the dirt of everyday life away um, with a lot of things, but it's so strong and so uh, important, just like what it does, and tra it's transformational is really what you want to do. You know, it can get people out of a bad place, it can, you know, but it can also step it up and look at urban design, and drawing is just fundamental for everything. It's just a way of breaking things down, but it is so uh, just you know, important in the design process and everything that we think of and, and do pretty much in, in, in life and sit and everything, but just it's, uh, and then to add audio on top of that, you, you know, that's what I was talking about. Audio is so, it can be so abstract, yet you can hit a note and you're going to just ball out crying or something like that. You know, it's just so, it, the way it enters, it's just a whole different presence, the way that something visual would do, but the combination of the two is just extraordinary, you know, what you can do with it. That's so, that's wonderful. <laughs> this has been terrific. I'm so glad that you had some time to, to sit down and, uh, and chat because I know you've been super busy in the last few days. It's, it's been unbelievable, <laughs> just uh, this whole experience coming up to New York and being able to teach urban sketching plus uh, spread the at-risk community chains. Plus with you, I can't thank you enough because, I mean, what you do for the animation community is just unbelievable. I mean, you're just like rock star status, what you're doing now, and just you're going to be filling 70,000 seat arenas every month now showing animation. <laughs> <laughs> but really, uh, as a, as a you know, independent animator, I just can't thank you enough for what you did coming up here and screening was just unbelievable. And But really what you do for the animation community is just the best. It's just amazing. Oh, thanks, Scott. <laughs> Scott Rink. <laughs> you can call me Dizzle. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> That's a wrap. Awesome. Oh, cool. Thank you. If you would like to submit a film to Animation Nights New York, please uh, check us out on Film Freeway or go to our website, animationnights.com. If you would like to help us out and donate, uh, you could be a regular patron via Patreon. Uh, you could find links to that on our site. Uh, or you can buy us a coffee. Every little bit helps. So if you have an extra couple bucks, uh, please do send it our way. It would be a great help. If you are in the New York City area uh, around the second Wednesday of every month, 
swing on by 180 Maiden Lane in the Seaport District of New York City and come check out animated short films with us. We show animated short films and virtual reality animation experiences from all around the world. Admission is free and uh, also film submission is free. So keep supporting independent animation and thank you so much for listening. stumbled there i'll cut that part out (laughs) not live (laughs) (laughs) that's the audio engineer yeah that's the audio engineer look for the spike okay cut there